Good evening and greetings to all of you uh, in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, open them to the book of Philippians chapter 1. I'd like to just uh, uh, read some verses out of the first chapter there, Paul's words to the church, and uh, kind of a threefold, uh, three-part message here tonight that I'd like to share. And first of all, I'd like to begin with just speaking to you as a church here at Providence, and then uh, I would like to uh, secondly talk to um, the three of you who obviously we're only ordaining one of you as a couple tonight. I'd like to talk to the three of you and then end up with just talking more to uh, the one, the couple that will be ordained tonight. And so... Uh, follow along. I'm just going to start reading in verse 2. It says, Grace, and this is to you as a church here at Providence, to everyone that's here, but specifically to the church here. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And the focus is verse 6 there, uh, that he who began a good, and I just want to encourage you as a church, that he who began a good work here at Providence will complete it in, in the day of and that word complete is talking about continue to perfect. And part of that perfecting and continuing the church to grow, when I'm talking about church growing tonight, I'm talking about spiritually growing, broadening the foundation of, of leadership, of ministry here tonight, to do the work of, of the church in order to come alongside the church uh, to preach and to teach and to disciple and shepherd. And uh, that's exciting. It's exciting to see this happening tonight. It's exciting when the church is all across the world is growing because, you know, church work, if I'm honest, isn't always easy because, uh, first of all, we have an enemy, Satan, who doesn't like that the church flourishes. And uh, we have the privilege here in America to have the freedom to worship, but there's a lot of countries that don't. And so uh, I just want to bless you with that, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ when he returns to call us home. Uh, I had to think of, of the high priestly prayer of Jesus' words in John. I'm not going to turn to it, but he says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Often think of that verse, that as we go through this journey, sometimes we just would rather run and get away from it or fly away. But he says, I pray not that to take them out of the world, but keep them from evil. And then the verse, next verse he says, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And the word sanctify there is to set apart for special use or purpose. And I think, Chris, uh, you shared the other night that we are being sanctified. It's a process that we're going through on a Friday night before we took the voice of the church. And uh, 
that's the beautiful thing about uh, whoever is ordained to the ministry tonight, that it's, it's, we're on a journey. And this is a, a big step for one of you tonight. It is a, a big responsibility. And, uh, but God gives grace for everything that, that he is asking you to go through. <clears throat> so the church, the church is, we, we hear, uh, we often hear at weddings that the church is the bride of Christ. Right? And so we are, I think we sometimes underestimate how God and his son look at the church. And how much, how precious the church is to Jesus. Because one day he will return for his bride. I'm just going to share, uh, Isaiah 62, 5 says, God rejoices over us. Rejoice, he says, he rejoices over you, the church. Second Corinthians 11, he says, God is jealous over you with godly jealousy. Talking about the church. Ephesians 5, 27, he calls it a glorious church. And if another verse in Ephesians says, a union with Christ, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So, why do we, uh, why do we add to the ministry? It's for the work of the ministry. And so, I don't know the gifting of, of you four men sitting here, or the spiritual gift of your wife, but in Ephesians 4.11 says, he gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And then he, get, and he says why he did this. He says in verse 12, For this reason, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Those, he gave those gifts. The edifying is simply instructing or strengthening the church. That's what we as, one of the things we as ministers are called to do is for instruction and for strengthening, for encouraging. That's why there are diversity of gifts within the church. And so, to you as a, I just want to bless you as a church for the way, uh, just the spirit I sensed here on Friday night uh, and coming alongside and helping here, uh, I was blessed. And so I want to encourage you with that to continue on after tonight after this ordination is over. So I'd like to just uh, briefly uh, shift and just to, to share with you as, as couples, uh, I encourage you just to, to accept the call that is placed on one of you tonight, especially the three uh, of you couples that will not be ordained tonight, as a work of God. Obviously on Friday night, we took the voice of the church, and we have four couples up here. But tonight, one of you will be called now to the ministry. And I know God has a plan for all of you. And be, the second thing is, be true to your congregation. Uh, how God is going to call. You know, God's timing is not always our timing. Very seldom. We always think it should happen faster, usually. We want things to happen quicker. And maybe, uh, and I, I recall back on my personal life, the first time I was uh, in the lot, uh, I was not ordained. That was a journey to go through. And then the second time, I was ordained. And so uh, there's a lot of emotions that are since uh, Friday night that are happening, and that's okay. That's all a part of the journey. Um, 
The third thing that I, maybe to you as a church and also especially to you for couples is just honor, honor the work of your leaders. And, and I just want to honor and bless uh, especially Marcus and Chris for uh, just the way you have led the church through this. Uh, there was just a lot of clarity. There were no uh, questions on what is happening and uh, communication. And so I just want to honor you and bless you in the way you have been leading the church here. Uh, the fourth thing I'd like to share is just to... Uh, Three of you are going to wonder, well, what now? And so just uh, allow God to continue to use you. And he is always faithful. And he will show you the way. You know, we could turn to, in, in John 9, uh, John talks about Diotrephes who, it says he loves to be first. He, he wanted to be first. He wanted to be known. He wanted to be recognized. And, you know, there's something, if we're, if we're, actually honest tonight there's something inside of us most of us that we kind of get want to get recognized when we do something that's kind of our human flesh coming out Uh, but it specifically talks about that and i just uh i know it is your desire and prayer that god is honored tonight and his will is done Uh, but my encouragement to you three is the the attitude that john had when he was talking about Jesus, he said, I must decrease so that he can increase. And that's my uh, challenge for you three. Uh, not that you, your work is finished and that God's not going to use you, but to have that attitude as you go from here. And, and another thing is just to support the couple that is ordained tonight. Come alongside them because life is going to change. Uh, I don't say that in a bad way. It's in a, in a good way. There's a lot of blessings, but there are also a lot of challenges and changes. And uh, so, and, and accepting uh, the decision of the lot as a confirmation of the Lord's call to serve where you are. So I just want to, uh, I want to challenge you three. Uh, you know, I don't know who uh, the three of you are, but I want to challenge you and encourage you in that way, especially to to come alongside and to uh, support the one that is ordained tonight. Now I'd like to talk to, I guess, all four of you, but uh, specifically to the one that is ordained. Uh, The verse that came to my mind for you is Proverbs 4.23, where it says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That's in the King James. The New King James says, for from it flow springs of life. It says, guard your heart. What, what, how do you guard your heart? Another, another translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines your course of life. Yes, one of you will have a responsibility that none of the other three have tonight. But the choices you make in life and what you allow to grow in your heart has actually more of an effect of your course of life than what will happen tonight. Uh, the word keep that in, in, in uh, Hebrew means to guard, to protect, and to watch. And then it's interesting 
that he uses the word diligence there, that we are to, you're to guard your heart with all diligence. And, and if you look up that word diligence, it refers to a guard post. And I was, I was in uh, Washington, D.C. for two days this past week, and I was freshly reminded of how much our country puts an emphasis on security and guarding certain buildings and entrances and facilities and monuments. And I, just for curiosity this afternoon, I, I googled what our country spends on homeland security, $185 billion a year on security. That's on buildings and to keep us, part of us, is safe when we go through airports. And I, I was out on the streets quite a bit, walking past certain buildings, and one morning, it was early in the morning, I was actually out running, and there were security guards at certain buildings. So I, could, I knew they were there all night. If buildings that are going to burn up someday are that important to protect and to guard, how much more important is your heart where out of it come the issues of life? So my encouragement to you as a brother and as a couple, a married couple, guard your heart for that is where the issues of life come out. Why? Why is it important? Well, I said the issues of life, but it's, it's your spiritual health. It's for the sake of your marriage and your family, your personal life. It's for the sake of the church. And the other thing why it's so important is because you will be held accountable. That sounds rather strong, but Hebrews 13, 17, I'm going to read that. It says, Obey those who rule over you, and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Now, those are, we, we kind of chafe when we say for those who rule over you, but if you actually... If you actually dig into what that means, it means shepherding, guiding, guarding, and providing pastor. That's what that, that's what that rule over means. It doesn't mean to actually what we sometimes think is ruling over, but it's coming alongside. And, the, and when you give account, it's, it means to give an answer. One of you will be ordained tonight, and at some point in life, you will be asked to give an answer of how you lived out your ministry. I, I can't, I don't make that up. That's in God's word. It is, a, it is a serious responsibility. Our words are so powerful. So in closing here, I just uh, want to encourage you, be humble like Moses was. Be willing to admit when you're wrong. Say, I'm sorry, because you will make mistakes. Believe me, you will forget things that people think in church that you should not forget. You will say things that you wish you wouldn't have said. Be clothed with humility is what it says in James 5, 5. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And if we become proud, if you become proud, God has ways of humbling us. Have the courage of Joshua. Chris read about Joshua tonight. Have the wisdom of Solomon. 
like to read what Solomon prayed. I encourage you, whoever is ordained tonight, to pray this. I'm going to read two verses. Second Chronicles chapter 1. This is what Solomon prayed for. He said, Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for you can judge this great people of... But who can judge this great people of yours? Then this is what God said to Solomon. He said, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, but you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. And he says, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. My encouragement is to pray for wisdom, pray for knowledge, pray for compassion, pray for grace. You know, the best thing you can do for your church, for whoever is ordained tonight, it's to follow Jesus. If you have nothing else accomplished, follow Jesus because your church will be able to tell if you're following Jesus. They'll be able to tell by your preaching if you're in God's Word. If you're reading God's Word on a daily basis more than just, oh, I have to, I have to read the Bible to, because I have to preach on Sunday, they can tell that there's emptiness. You minister out of what flows out of you. And you can only, only will flow, the things will flow out of you what you put into yourself. You can't give things that you do not possess, what you don't fill yourself with. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. He will guide you into truth. He will help you. But we have a responsibility to also read and learn and grow, and especially in God's Word. He will give you love for your people. He will give you wisdom how to care for your people, to have compassion, patience, and He'll give you resilience because there'll be times when you'll be called on, maybe late at night, to come to a hospital when you'd rather be sleeping. It's a part of the responsibility. But there's a blessing in one of the, most, one of the richest times that I've experienced as a minister, as a pastor, is to be able to sit beside the bedside of a, of a dying person in our church and reading God's Word to them and knowing that maybe this verse helped them to hold on, even if they couldn't respond. That's, that's so precious. So I just want to bless you. I just want to, I'm going to close with just a, this is, this is more for you as a church, uh, as a reminder of, of life. I don't say this, uh, and, and some of you that were, I don't know, I know Paul was at the, the ordination at uh, Donna Beach City at Christian Life earlier this year when I shared a message there, and I shared this story. And I'm going to share this story just to kind of give you an idea because I noticed that all four of these couples have young children. And so... Uh, I was back in May, and I was asked to preach the message that night at the ordination. And just to kind of give you an idea of what children, how the perspective that they have, I was sitting on the front porch uh, studying for the sermon that night, 
And our youngest son, Dante, came out on the porch. Uh, and some of you may know him. He's on the spectrum of autism. But he said, Dad, what do you want to do this afternoon? And uh, I knew what he meant because not every Sunday, but frequently, maybe once a month, him and I will take off and go out to Mohican and we'll go hiking. Something we can do. We enjoy doing that together. And I looked at him. And he was sitting to my left, and I said, well, Dante, I'm studying to preach at a service tonight. And he said, oh, okay. Uh, I knew what he meant when he said, you want to go do something. And, uh, and then the next words he said, just uh, he asked me a question, and it never hit me. He didn't know anything else besides being a preacher's kid. He said, Dad, why do you have two jobs? And never, never dawned on me what he, how he processes that. I just share that to you as a church to have grace for your minister that will be ordained tonight. Because tomorrow morning, one of these men will wake up with two jobs. Unless you change the way you do things. As far as I know, you all are still going to have jobs. You're not going to be supported full time. And so, there's nothing magic tomorrow morning where... One of you is going to have 28 hours in your day. Okay, now these four hours I can devote to ministry. No, you still only have 24 hours. And you're going to have to slice your pie. And if you don't give some to the church, you're not going to have anything to give. And if you take it out of your family, your family's going to suffer. And so I share that story to you as a church to give grace, to pray, to support them. And also to you four couples that I want to encourage you that God is always faithful. And the times where I got frustrated or I felt like giving up was not because God wasn't faithful, but because I wasn't faithful in staying in the Word and following Jesus. And so my encouragement again to you is follow Jesus, stay in God's Word. And allow the Holy Spirit to use you and direct you and guide you. And he will always be faithful. God bless you. And I'll turn the time over to Chris again.